0: Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd,
1: Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann and today we're very lucky to be joined again by Joe Watkins. How are you doing, Joe? Hi everyone, hi Ed. It's been, it seems like ages, but it's, I suppose it's only actually been like a month or so. so. What's been going on in the life of Joe?
0: Oh, so many things. There are many, 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 too many RFCs targeting 7.1. I, actually,
1: before we say I've got to do a congratulations. Uh, you are a release manager. Mm. Is this your first ever release management uh, position? Yeah, it is, yeah. Brilliant. So this is for the one branch. So you, you're actually dealing with all of these RFCs then?
0: Yeah, and I kind of regret writing a lot of them now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't didn't really write them, but I did write the code for a couple of them. But that was before I thought it would be a good idea to be a release manager. And now there's so many of them, and there is um, one month before the first alpha.
1: So is the stress level quite high at the moment?
0: Yeah, it is actually.
1: So, so what, what kind of, does a release manager a job entail then? So obviously, you know, you, you've done the jobs of like writing the code and everything. I suppose, is it kind of orchestrating everyone else's and working through them all? Basically,
0: yeah. It's, um, it's basically, um, you review the patches as they come in and decide whether they can go into your branch or not. And you have to package releases and do news entries and things like that. It's mostly just an admin job, really.
1: But do you, you have final say over what actually goes in then? Or is it still a community kind of, you know? Deal? Yeah, no, no,
0: it is down to release managers. If the community vote, the community when they vote, only vote on whether we're going to accept a feature. And although the authors might say this target is whatever branch, that's only a matter of fact, like implementation detail, because they got to do a patch against something. But no, it's down to release managers. If, if the thing is too disruptive, then it, no, it's down to release managers if it goes in or not but most of the time, I mean, there's no point in blocking stuff for no good reason, but um, um, I think it will be soon have to stop having features suggested for Zen like core stuff, like in the next day, really, because... um,
1: It's becoming unwieldy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at the moment, we could be in the position where a week before we tag Alpha 1, we are merging um, type properties, unions and intersections, uh, some kind of Call an rfc
1: huge changes then huge additions yeah just just a week before yeah
0: so i'm not i don't really want i don't really want that and type type properties in my rfc so i might not i might not push for that at the moment just for the good of everything because it's just going to be so disruptive
1: yeah so, so what kind of things then for php7 one have actually been approved
0: oh uh, well there's the void return type which is pretty useless and actually right in the way There's a few internal changes and a few minor features, but all the stuff that we care about has actually only happened in the last kind of six weeks where the release manager for 7 put out a message saying we haven't even got release managers for 7.1 yet and it's around the corner, so anyone that's doing RFCs wants to get on with it. And that generated like a lot of noise. So now, oh, and attributes as well, annotations, that's been RFC in the last...
1: Yeah, I-, I was wondering if it's all right, maybe we could go through kind of a couple of these. Obviously, uh, yeah. you know, in your head at the moment, <laughs> fresh in your mind. Um, like, so let- let's start off with yours, actually. So the type properties one, how's that going? Oh,
0: well, um, it's going really well. Well, it's, it seems to be going well, but it's kind of blocked by another feature, which is nullables. Oh, the type properties is just what it sounds like. I mean, types on, on member, member properties of classes.
1: So is is it blocked based on the implementation detail of nullable then?
0: Um, well, no, it's just um, concept of it. You need, if you're going to be able to declare the type of a property, you need to be able to say that it's going to be null as well, because um, like the use case that was put forward was like a binary tree, where um, a node can either be a node or null, and like that's a really com- that's a really common pattern. And although we and no one likes null, like it's really difficult to work with a function where you might get null back, but it's a matter of fact that at a language level it's required for it to be used. For it to be used. And
1: it, for it to be clearly documented that it, it can yeah. be null. It, it provides that good, you know, kind of documentation and, yeah, and also characteristic. It,
0: it, knowing that it's a type or null is better than not knowing anything. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much it. It's like, uh, well, it could always be null. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's you're still like, only, it's still only
0: one check that you've got to do and a simple one. And, you know, that's easier. It's easier to work with something that's null or one type or null or a few types than it is to work with something that's an unknown, um, type. So it's kind of blocked by that at the moment because we can I can't, um, I could, I can't see a nice way of doing that. So it's, it's, um it's been left to the, there's got like two um, nullable RFCs where one of them only targets um, parameters, no, no, sorry, one of them only targets return types and the other one targets both.
1: Yeah, so I was just wondering, so what is this nullable? Is it is it uh, like the maybe kind of thing where it could have a value or not, but it's actually describing saying that this is the case? Yeah, basically,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, it's just that. Uh, it's really simple, but... It's kind of in, it's in the way of type properties and it's in the way of...
1: Um, union types. Union. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, union types is a really interesting one as well. I don't know about, maybe if you don't mind going into a little bit about what that is. Have you had any like kind of, I mean, I, I know you probably looked through the, the RSC, but have you had any like vested interest in it? I wrote the patch. Oh, well, well, there you go. You have definitely vested interest in it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't
0: really. No, I don't really. Um, I wrote I wrote the initial patch, but then um, Bob came in, a good, good friend of mine, Bob. And fleshed it out and finished it up And he's rolling with it now I don't really have a vested interest in it I wrote the patch to get it out of my way Because it's in the way of type properties I need to know if unions are going to be supported Before we can support types on properties So I need to know if they're going to be unions or not So I only wrote it to get it out of my way But I do like it Well, I I, I have mixed feelings about it On the one hand it is, it's, it's easier to work with something If you know it's one of eight specific type than it is no type but on the other hand if you're writing code that doesn't um that is so loose that it can accept any one of these types or return any one of these types and shouldn't that really be more than one method and shouldn't you really have different code
1: yeah it's kind of that single responsibility goes out the way there a bit doesn't it of like is this responsible really for all these types yeah i think
0: yeah exactly it's very difficult to have one responsibility when when you've got to deal with lots because you might have the responsibility of the business logic of the class and then also the responsibility of coercing the parameters into an acceptable form. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. And I think this is a good use case with interfaces specifically because if you program against in- interfaces, you are going to have methods that can deal with several interfaces. And it may, it may, you may not have to break any rules to do that just because. The interfaces happen to be similar but they're from different sources but maybe they've got different names or they've got some different implemented they've got some different detail but you don't care about that in your method that can happen and it's reasonable
1: i suppose then you'd go into kind of duck typing kind of feel wouldn't you where as long as it has that method i'll call it yeah so i, th- I
0: think it's good in principle and also it's bad in principle because um it just it it does make bad things easier.
1: What what other languages have you found that actually have union types? Is is C C plus plus one of them?
0: No, no, I don't think it is. No, um, I mean, obviously C plus plus has unions, but not in this sense.
1: Yeah, because like C obviously has unions in that it could be one of many types. Yeah, but it's not the it's not the same. Like
0: you you define a type, whereas it's not like on the it's a type def basically. But let me just let me just find the document I was reading. Um, when I implemented it, because
1: it is an interesting one. Why people? I mean, uh, were well, there are other use cases that were, were brought up? You know that would show highlight that this would be a good in, like idea.
0: It's from Haskell. It's got com- it's got a completely different um, syntax, but it, well, it's closer. It's closer to that than it is to C. Like in C, um, a, u- a union is one of any type, but you have to reference the right type, so you've got to give it a name still this is really really super awkward i mean you can get around that with casting and stuff but you you don't really you you just end up typing the full name what you want is to just get a, a variable by one name and know that it's one of a type without having to know
1: what type that actually is
0: yeah because otherwise you've still got a switch in the body of the method to to reference the right um member like a union in c the types have got names so you'll have like um union and then in and then that will be named i, and then a double will be named d. And when you reference it, you can't just reference the union address; you've actually got to reference the member by name. So that's really awkward. So it's like that, but much higher level, where you just you've got one you've got one variable, and you know it's one of these types or all of these types.
1: So uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Obviously, we are going down very much the typed kind of pro- you know the idea of types is becoming ever more prominent in PHP. Um, and I was wondering, how do you feel about that? Like, do, do you think this is a good idea for PHP? Like, you know, I know, it, it, again, we've we've spoken about this in the past, you know, of like, you know, you let the language go for where, wherever people are going. Um, but do you feel something like this will add good benefits? Or do you think it's just a nice to have? The first
0: test I wrote was a test that used Array and Traversable, because that's a problem in the language. And you write that and you think, wow, it solves this problem. That's
1: it, yep. But...
0: A good argument against it is how many of them problems are there that are created by the language?
1: That's it. Yeah, that's a language problem as opposed to an actually domain-specific problem that you're going to use it on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah, you can't fix that in New Zealand by writing better code. Sometimes the fact that an array does not pass a, a traversable type in is annoying and it will get in your way in real good code. But I feel like there's probably solutions to these problems that we could introduce to cover the problems that we've created. And that would just encourage people not to follow our path mm. and write bad code. But I don't know if I'll vote for or against it because I like it. Um, it it's, it's useful, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't decided whether I like it enough to actually want to work
1: because it's interesting because obviously the rub is that yeah it it helps solve this one problem you know that's you know being generated you know out of the language itself um but you know a lot of always the discussion around rfc seems to be where is the practical use case for it yeah Um, and it does seem that this is the only bit place that you know, that really shows, and you should say it was your first test, you know, where yeah, it was like, it's like, this not is the gleaming fast. light.
0: And, and, like, there's other bits in the language that we create, and you think, oh, yeah, it solves that really nicely. And, like, um, you know, when a function returns, um, you know, um, a string or, or, or minus one or something false or something stupid, um, we can document that really not. Like, loads of string functions in the manual uh, return string or false. That's That's that. It's nice, but... Um, no, it's
1: really, it's really interesting. Obviously, you, you're having to deal with this. So is it your say then, along with... Because who, who are you doing this with? You were actually uh, with someone... David Shaffik, uh, yeah. yeah. So is it you You and him to actually, his responsibility to work out, okay, this is good enough to go in now Um, in 7-1 or it may have be pushed to 7-2 or something like that?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we get the final final say. It's it's not that in the, in the case of intersections and unions. It's not that uh, it will be okay later. It's either it's okay... Or it's not okay. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not something that's like got an implementation problem or is difficult or anything. I mean it, it's done more or less. Although um the implementation is actually only a proof of concept. The RFC is going to wanting to do type expressions so that you can have like um uh, countable or, or traversable and a dog or whatever.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, that's quite complex. That goes into crazy type theory, doesn't it?
0: I've actually got no idea how to implement that, I should say, first of all. Um, I've actually got no idea. Well, I've got no good idea. Obviously, obviously, you can make it happen, but I'm a- I've actually got no acceptable ideas.
1: Are you finding that with uh, using PHP 7 now, the language, it's a lot easier to do these type of things than it would be in PHP 5? Or is it relatively... I mean, different paths you'd go down, but they both would be as good...
0: Oh, it's definitely easier um, now that we're getting to know it. Uh, it is definitely easier to do complex stuff. PHP five was awkward; you have to do everything yourself, really. Um, but PHP seven, you get to work with this abstract, uh, the, the, this, the you know the AST, and and that's much easier. But you can think, well, abstractly, you don't. You that's it. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> much easier. I mean, and another null actual thing is the null safe calls. Um, I know that's been around for a while, but obviously with the whole idea of nullable types and things like that, is that kind of, is that something on your radar?
0: You mean that, what they call the null safe navigation operator? That's
1: pretty much something like that, yeah. It's just the short circuiting. I
0: really hate that. I think you can take it too far.
1: The only time that's
0: useful is when you've got like this and then the object operator and then 400 other if you're
1: doing these fluent uh, yeah. interfaces that then may return null, which is quite scary in itself. Like returning null is a bad practice, you know, like, yeah. Having it I that super you could do, do this.
0: I super do hate that and I, I won't be voting on that. Definitely not. It hasn't actually been pushed that hard recently. The, pi- the pipe operators. That's
1: are- what I was going to ask, yeah, because that adds on to the whole idea of these fluent interfaces. And Sarah's, you know, that's something that she's been championing. So I was just wondering, like, would you mind explaining to the audience kind of what the pipe operator is and your thoughts and opinions on it?
0: It allows point-free programming, which is... Uh, it's quite difficult to, hard to say. It's difficult to explain in words. Without if I show you code, it's really easy to understand. When you write code and you... Um, say you're going to lowercase a string and then MD5 it. If you imagine that code in your head, it's kind of backwards. You put the return first, which is the last thing you're doing, and then all of the functions are like inverse.
1: That's it. It's a stack, isn't it, you have to think of, and then eventually it will go up to what you want. And there is that, I mean, it's the whole collection pipelines type of feel, isn't it? Where, you know, you, you want to be, because that's a nice thing Clojure does, is that it has this idea of a piping thing, and, and you can essentially just reverse the order where you're saying, well, I want to do this first, then I want to do that, then I want to do that. And, and in the examples in the RFC, this is what it's exactly doing. You know, it says, I want to map this, then filter it, and then do, you know, like, a, I don't know, MD5. It, etc all these different things
0: now this is very good on the one hand because as you said it's more it's to some people it's more logical to read although to me it's a bit jarring because all code is backward all code is that way yep the way that i said was backward it is backwards when you look at it like english or, or spoken language but actually haven't you trained yourself to read code like that anyway so it's not really like a huge problem. It's not like every line of code you ever see, you have to write it down. And, and
1: how variables? I mean, this is the trouble yeah. with these things is that it, it, I, I, feel, I, I really like the idea, but I do see that it could become these big, long line transformations that yeah. just become like unwieldy. Um, and, you know, one of the things you can do to mitigate this is if you have a, want to do a couple of transformations is to put in some helper met- uh, variables or helper methods that help describe these transformations, intermittent, trans- you know, transformations. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe this kind of syntax would... I don't know, really kind of force people to think, oh, no, I can do it all in one nice you know, block, and it's like, well, this makes no sense to me. What is it actually doing? So it would be, again, up to the discretion of the, imp- of the actual programmer to say, no, I need to split these up. And um, it's one of those things where
0: you can think of a case where it would be really nice for you, but you can also think of a library that you would really hate it if, if it used it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't want to download a component that was just full of pipes. You wouldn't want to do that. It's difficult to debug. And now, I've heard people say it's not difficult to debug, but I'm going to stop everyone there. It really well is. Uh, I wrote a debugger, and <laughs> if a variable doesn't have a name, then you can't watch it because yep. it doesn't have a name. Um, and you can't include it in any expressions because it doesn't have a name. So, so
1: how does the implementation actually work? Is it just rewriting that into what would normally be considered, you know, what we would normally do into stack form? Yeah, basically. Um, Yeah, it's just like... Just using a replacement pretty much of the double uh, dollar sign and just saying whatever the return with that is, put it there.
0: It's used as like a placeholder for temp variable sort of thing. Um, No, it's not smart. So there's no no way we can instrument it um, in a debugger. So... um, it is difficult to debug code that's like that, and that's a good reason not to like it.
1: That's in yeah, because especially if you're going to be, it's going to be emphasising doing these big chain. You know, I mean, I love collection part. I love the idea of these you know small transformations that slowly get built up. But I do believe like that you need the context and like the helper methods building up small little functions with descriptive names. And, and yeah, that's the of... other thing.
0: That's the other thing. Names are are a good way of providing context. You can have good. Method names and still not have enough context. Um, that's, another, that's another good point. Yeah, variable names are good context.
1: And you I miss- mean, like, like you say, though, again, it's one of those things where you can see a very good example of how it, how nice it would be. But even in the RFC, I did think that is quite a lot of work it's doing. Like it's doing a map, then filter, then, you know, whatever. And I know it's just trying to explain the concept as opposed to being good code. Like I know that that's some people, they, oh, that's rubbish. That's a a
0: problem with RFCs and example code.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I know it's just trying to highlight and exercise the actual thing, but it does show, I think, actually, this is what people may start using it for. And it could just become unwieldy. And I know it can tell a story if you play for it all the whole way through, but it's not very specific to the, the actual problem you're trying to solve, which is then, you know, you you cater towards it through using. I mean, the way I would do this is, you know, you'd have like small variables. You know, you'd build up, have these small little helper variables within that single function that slowly build up the story of what's happening through that transformation.
0: I always think. I mean, this is quite. I've not seen. I've not seen a thing like this before. And whenever I see something like totally new, although I'm sure it's not totally new, I'm sure it does exist somewhere, but I don't know about it. And when I see it, I always. When I see something new, I always think, well. How am I going to explain that to someone totally new to programming?
1: That's a really, it's a really good th- mentality to have. <laughs>
0: how am I going to, how am I going to document it? How am I going to explain how it actually works? How code works normally is really easy to explain, even though it's logically or illogically backwards, depending on how you look at it. It's easy to explain why it works like that, why it looks like that, no matter what way around you think it is. This is not so easy to
1: explain. Well, it's doing the complete inverse, isn't it? It's doing everything against what you normally perceive to be correct, like within like a stack form. So I just
0: think um, it might just be one of those things that's a step too far, probably.
1: I think in the right context, I, I really like it in the way that I think in some cases you could do it, but I do feel that people are just going to take advantage of it. And maybe, th- I don't know whether, again... They'll use, do- <laughs> they'll use
0: it instead of other... That's it, yeah. ...other methods of writing code or other methods of executing it. You no, know, is... I, mean, I mean,
1: the whole thing with jQuery and the fluid interfaces and, and what that taught, you you know, it's brilliant, it's this nice thing, but you make chains that are so big because it looks good, you know, like the story, but you don't break it up, you know, like you just would get these chains that would be a debug nightmare, trying to work Sorry, what do you mean it. by fluid interface? So, so, you know, like jQuery, you know, like you could do, and it would just return, essentially things that just return this, so, you know, you set these... Oh, few, yeah, method chaining. That's it, method chaining, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, so, you know, uh, yeah that's
0: another thing I did, people have said, oh, you can just use method chaining, that, that doesn't... Same thing, but I dislike that That's, as well.
1: Yeah, because you're not giving it those intermittent steps. You're not giving yeah. context to what's actually happened between. And once them.
0: you've got, once you've got like um, a few things chained together, it's not clear anymore what's going on. It's not clear what you're operating on. I, I know that we we know. That because we've written the code usually, that's returning this. But what if it's not? What if it's returning
1: that? That's it. And there's so many bits in between. And I know, again, the good practice practice is to split these up and and to be able to ease, you know, like break it up into the the small points that work in your domain and and have relevant names to your domain. But yeah, it is a tricky one because I can see definite use cases again where it's very useful, but it is also, and it's very interesting, like you say, thinking of it for a newcomer to understand it is quite bewildering.
0: And people will say, "Oh no, but it's much easier because this is the logical way." But these are just people who are thinking that that's logical. What if I disagree?
1: Yeah, well, that, that, yeah, exactly. When you're coming from a programmer's mindset who think in stack form, you're so used to thinking this way. Yeah, that's what
0: code looks like. I mean, um, yeah, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say to a newcomer. Well, it might look like this, but it might also look the complete opposite of that, and it might have this funny symbol in it, and it might and they might do this strange thing. It's just too hard.
1: What's been the general consensus? Do do a lot of people like it? Uh, Well, I haven't
0: actually measured. Um, Sarah done a poll on Twitter, and the vast majority of people said they loved it. Now, I mean, you can have a vote on something. If I put a picture of a banana on Twitter and (laughs) ask people to vote if it's an orange, if loads of people say it's an orange, it ain't an orange. So, well, that's kind of interesting. It's, like, not really interesting. Um what's interesting is what actually internals think of it and what um people who spend their lives designing languages think of. I
1: mean of it. I mean as as an actual implementation detail, it's is it that complex as it is just a rewrite rule? No, it's not no it's not complicated. It's just uh It's adding new syntax, it's adding new yeah. Yeah, it's
0: the implications of it that are complicated, not the actual implementation. Um but um, um on internals It's probably about, it's about the same. Well, it's about half and half, I would say. Quite a lot of people are indifferent, but there are some people who really love it and a few people that really hate it. Mm. So it was, it was a, it's quite a good, um, the Twitter poll was actually pretty close, but only by chance. (laughs) Um, I don't think you should do Twitter polls for RFC stuff because it just gets people going.
1: Yeah, it just starts off flame wars and it starts off just people, yeah, bickering.
0: Although it didn't actually. It was quite a good discussion. But I mean, in the, but probably only because it was Sarah and she's so respected. Like if I tried that or if, if Nikita tried that, there would just be a shitstorm. <laughs> but, but it didn't happen to Sarah. But only well, it's
1: also, I mean, it's available in Hack as well, isn't it? I mean, I don't know whether that has any weight towards the decision of... No, it has
0: absolutely none. No, it has absolutely none. Hack is a
1: separate project. It's completely different. It's not anything to do with the PHP core. Yeah. Um, and one thing I was actually going to ask, and this is completely off it, but really to do with this kind of, you know, thinking of these collection pipelines and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, closures and anonymous functions, now lambdas, they are very much an important part with mapping and filtering and things like that. And and I don't know whether there's been, like, the discussion of, like, a short function syntax or, I mean, the, the, is it a fundamental, um, like, implementation detail reason why we have to have the use? I understand use is quite useful for, like, being able to, you know, describe exactly what I want from this from this context, from this scope. But is there an actual implementation reason why that is?
0: Well, yes, but not a reason that we couldn't change, but that would complicate everything. Because single tables are not shared between functions, so you've got to have a way to, either you have this explicit um, use, or you implicitly capture all of the variables that are used, but what if you use one by the same name? Because PHP is dynamic, it's always valid to just use a new variable that you haven't used before. So it's very difficult to tell statically if you, impossible actually to tell statically if you meant to do that or not. I mean, you might be able to use some, some string comparison algorithm that tells you if things are similar and then raise a warning if some Variable name is similar to some other name, and you think, "Oh, that's a good idea," but all variable names are similar, and that would just trigger a billion warnings until the end of time. So, I'm not—I um, I don't object to the explicitness of, of use. I think the alternative would probably be worse.
1: And, and I mean, like so, so smaller wins, such as like shorter, like declarations of functions. Um, you know, like you see in like ES6 and things like that. Like, is that something that's been discussed? There was a short
0: closures RFC written by my good friend Bob, and it did the implicit capture thing, but with the restriction that a short closure can only be one statement. So, right, so it
1: would be its own return statement as well. It would be very good for things like predicates and things like that using filtering.
0: Um, now, I actually like this, even though it captures the variables, because it's one statement and it's not difficult to reason about one statement, no matter how complex. So, um I mean... Within reason, no one no one's going to find it difficult to read one statement um, and see where where the variable collisions might happen. So it's kind of, you can kind of accept that, um, yeah. but it was actually kind of poo pooed because of that. Because um, but but then if you add the use, you kind of lose the short.
1: Yeah, I suppose that that is the. Th- I mean, you could. I mean, getting rid of function would be nice. Even well, it, it would.
0: People have said, "Oh, why don't you use FN?" But I mean, uh, do I wanna yeah. t- do I do I? I mean, my fingers are trained to type function yeah. pretty fast. Uh,
1: How about? I mean, I mean, the ability to be able to, you know, uh, if you do only include one statement, it being a return of that. I mean, I know that's very Ruby esque um or maybe even a special syntax for that within a function that you know so it would save you from within the block having to open up curly braces doing a return or whatever but even that actually i can't think of it that much win yeah i think the short
0: closures, the rsc was a single statements because then it, it when you start it doesn't really make sense to have it on block if you've got a block of code it probably deserves like some kind of name and maybe an entry
1: point clear entry point mm. uh, so I mean so uh, I mean uh, the general consensus there was because it was doing this implicit capturing of the variables that yeah, people didn't mean, want it. it and because then obviously bringing news back in it's like well do you get the same benefits' short yeah.
0: Out it's of so that?
1: That it's a very tricky one, isn't it? Because a lot of people who comes to PHP are like, "Oh, why do you have to do this?" and and there are win, wins both sides. Like one, it's very nice to know what is actually getting used from the from the scope, you know, from the external scope within this closure. Like it's very nice to explicitly say I'm using these, um, you know. But but I can understand which the case of like you know when you do just want. I mean these transformations where it's very simple little lambda functions or predicate functions. Do you really want to have to include all this boilerplate? And it does make. I mean even in that example, it shows the mess that you can get in, you know, by having to have these functions and doing returns and then including uses and stuff.
0: Yeah, it, it's um, it's just kind of been left unresolved. Now we just don't know where to move, where to go with that. Probably he'll have another go
1: for 7.2 now so is, is that the case where you'd like you know you go back to the drawing board maybe get some information get some like ideas of what people had criticisms on it etc and then yeah. try again yeah just try to
0: do something that's more acceptable without losing you know the, the core it, it must art. be a
1: very tough thing i mean like people think that i just right, making this syntax is easy but there's so many factors involved yeah, no,
0: it's never, um, when you write like a patch for an RFC, the one you write is never the one you use. Um, it usually doesn't even look the same by the time you finish. You've got to like really struggle to hold on to what you wanted to fir- do in the first place. But that's the nature of it. I mean, you think you've thought of everything, but there's a hundred other people.
1: And then there's backwards compatibility that you have to think of on top yeah. of that. You know, not only does it happen and work now, it's like, well, what happens to people who are still using old versions and stuff? And even,
0: even like the people that have been around for that long don't remember the details of what, of what, what was compatible. You know, they don't remember. They, they've got to work really hard at that as well, even if they were around. And if you weren't around, you just don't know. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, um, to, to imagine a feature that's acceptable for everyone.
1: Um, there's one, actually, another RFC that you're working on, or you have proposed, is the functional interfaces. Oh, I really love that. But yeah. 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 Oh, no. Is it? What, what's the traction being like? First, is it right just you just explain what it is, what it's going to solve, and then also what people and your thoughts and people's oh, thoughts uh, on it are?
0: It's lifted from Java. Java obviously has it for a different reason, because Java doesn't have functions, um, and everything's got to have a type. So in Java, they've got it, so you can, like basically give Lam- lambda expressions a type, um, and they, they use specially annotated interfaces for that. It, obviously, that doesn't apply to us, because we've got functions, but functions are a bit stupid, because everything else can have a type, but a function can't. So I thought I'd reuse the idea, and allow functions to declare that they implement an interface. It's kind of a, a melding of anonymous classes and anonymous functions, um, the function doesn't have to have a name, and it anon- anonymously implements an anonymous class that implements the interface and as long as the interface has only got one method, we can consider it a functional interface you,
1: you describe it as sam, don't you a single abstract method interface yeah
0: single abstract method, yeah, um as long as it's only got one, we know what the name of the method is, and we know how to construct the object and then and then you can and then functions have basically got types which seems really extremely very useful to me, but everyone hated it. Um, so
1: what, was their, what was their kind of thing about it? Oh, well, functions really need types. And I'm like, what? We've just spent
0: like 10 years waiting for a few types, like streaming in and web. People have actually waited a decade of their programming. <laughs> they have for yeah. their And now you're saying, are types useful? And I just I don't know what to do with that. But that's what, that's basically people's reactions or oh, I don't know if functions needed. Um, I, yeah, like,
1: I, I don't believe it. I, I think, you know, you can consider as you say, like, as long as that function is abiding by that contract of a single, you know, a SAM, essentially, then it is as good as a class implementation. Yeah. And, um, and, and if you can put it in that way, then yeah.
0: Other people have got other ideas. One of them is that you type the prototype of a callable. You know, like, callable and then open parenthesis and then all the types, all the argument all the types for the arguments. Now, this is fine. If you imagine just, um, accepting one argument, say it's called CB. And so where the type is, you would have callable, open parenthesis, then the list of types for the parameters, then close parenthesis. That's fine. But now imagine that all of the parameters that it accepts are also callables. And imagine that all of, the parameters that they accept are also callables now no um that's what that's the nature of the code that we're talking about functional code that's what we're talking about,
1: yeah, higher order functions, functions returning functions yeah,
0: that's yeah. what we're talking about, that's how it's actually going to work um that's horrible, that's really, really horrible to go from a few years ago where um the parameters list was just some variable names. So now actually having to really concentrate to understand what the fuck a parameter does is really, really over the top. I really don't like that. Um, so I'm going to vote no on them. But, um, people hated the function interfaces and I haven't got time to push it now. So
1: it's, I, I like, I don't see what people can have a go at it about. It's doing it. Essentially, it's, it's giving functions something that a class can do. A single, I mean, yeah, what what you used to do or what you can do in a single anonymous class with a single no, method. No, because
0: you can't do it in an anonymous class because an anonymous class doesn't have lexical scope.
1: Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it, so it's actually it, doing better. It's much better than a yeah. an
0: class. class. Um, I've got an on-RFC for um, lexical scope for anonymous classes as well. So that kind of, it might fix the problem. I don't know. If I have time to push that forward either. Um, but I can solve that in a different way. Like, we can we can improve... Anonymous classes, so that they've got let's go. But at the moment, they don't, and it's quite a lot of boilerplate to type new class implements and all that stuff.
1: One thing that they, you know, they would say, or people could say, then is maybe, oh, but how many interfaces really? are just a single abstract method. But there are, I can see, I can think of quite a few. I mean, you've you put one there, the countable one. Yeah,
0: there's quite there's a few in the engine, but um, there's many more in the wild because yeah. we favour we favor composition that's
1: exactly right. i was gonna say that the composition is so important and being able yeah. to compose out of all these types i mean the whole intersection type thing you know being able to have intersection you know intersections in types being able to have you know saying oh it needs to be this 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 and this and implement all these etc and they're all little small little functions and stuff and i only expect it need required that it has this and stuff i mean this is a win
0: but people didn't get it I and mean, they didn't like um they didn't like that functions could implement interfaces and they didn't like the calling convention either. Which is like a normal calling convention. They said, Oh well why doesn't it still behave like a closure? Well because you didn't hint for a closure, did you? You hinted for from an interface and yeah. an object might implement that interface. So you can't have the closure calling convention, but they just didn't get it. So and even like, I was quite disappointed, like even people that I expected to like, instantly get it didn't get it.
1: That must be be a bit of a ball ache. It must be like a bit of a kick in the face. Yeah, but, you know, this has happened before.
0: Um, I came along and said, oh, we should have anonymous classes. This is a really useful thing from Java. Oh, (laughs) oh,
1: really? Uh, It all goes
0: around. (laughs) Yeah, and and that was like in 5.6, and everyone was like, no, we shouldn't do that. It's a stupid idea. And then 7 came around, and someone else said, oh, can we rediscuss anonymous classes? Because I actually want that now. So... I'll just leave it until You just people... have
1: to wait. That's it, exactly. You've got the idea out there. You put a little germ a germ of, a, of an idea in their minds and you just have to wait and see. See
0: if it becomes acceptable. If we go another way um, with all monstrous declarations, I mean, I will just be so upset about that. That will
1: make you want to cry a bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: because, like, a few a few months ago, that's the only way we could all think of or, or some kind of, like, duct typing or some, some kind of, like, weird thing. But I don't think it's weird in any way and uh, I can't see the problem with it. And I can't see how it causes problems in future, and I can't see the problem with how it would be used or generics or any other. I mean, imagine a, ge- imagine a, ge- um, a-, a generic collection that-, that, has- that has got one of these monstrous things. I mean, that's just going to be impossible to reason about. But people are not
1: seeing that at the moment. Mm. One other one is the null coalescing assignment operator, and I know that looking uh, through it, you yeah, you actually said no to this. Yeah. So, so what, is it right if you to explain what it is and what, what your opinions are then of, of this one?
0: It's another one of these binary assignment operators, like a shortcut.
1: It's syntactic sugar, isn't it, really, over what you can yeah, do? Yeah, but
0: I don't think we need an operator for everything, first of all. I really don't. Now, some things have got actual value where if there's some... Like the, the, the reason that the, other, the, the null coalesce and those operators were introduced is because the language will raise notices or whatever for really common patterns. Now, this is valid, but only to an extent. We don't need an operator for operators and operators for those operators. And we're going down that road now. And I do see the value in the null coalesce assignment operator. And I would have voted yes had the implementation been up to scratch, but it wasn't. It's broken. And even though that was voted in, that's not going to get into PHP 7.1 because the patch is not ready.
1: So, so what's wrong with the patch then? Is there like any high-level implementation? It doesn't work.
0: We took it to voting, and Nikita and myself and Bob all pointed out that there's something wrong with the patch, and it still went to voting, it still went through voting, everyone still voted for it. And uh, I just don't really understand that. I think maybe even Nikita and Bob actually voted in favour of it. But even though they knew the patch was broken, I just don't really understand that.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the, the idea is you, if you're giving a patch, you want to make sure that, is, that patch is... Yeah. Right, I mean, the voting. So with the voting, then, is it... I'm voting for not only the idea, if it includes a patch as well, I'm also voting for that patch to be the implementation for that idea. It's not one or the other. Different people will give you different answers ah, to that. Right, so there's not really a clear, definitive um, answer no. to that.
0: There's no rule that says you can't go to vote without a patch, which is a problem in my view. Uh, how do you
1: know it's technically possible?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time we can say, yeah, that's possible, Um, and we can even say how we're going to do it, and it's simple. A lot of the time we can do that. But a lot of the time there are a hundred ideas about how to do something, and there are a hundred different consequences of doing it in a hundred different ways, and uh, we can't go to vote on those things without patches. But it's so hard to define... What is on one side of the line and what is on the other? I know that it's hard to define that, so I think we should just say, if it's, if it's a case of, um, the things that are so easy to write implementations for that patches are no problem, then patches are no problem, are they? There's no, there's no reason to say that, um, we don't need a patch, because they're so simple, they can just be done in five minutes, so do it in five minutes, and we can go to vote. So I think it's easier to say everything needs a patch. Yep. Than it is to, to try Even
1: if it, even if the patch isn't the one that you're exactly going to use, it's the fact that you've got an implementation of it? Uh,
0: no, it has to be a good implementation, because th- that's what, basically, we got with the null coalesce assignment. It was a kind of implementation that passed the syntax and done a thing, but it was wrong. And not only was it wrong, um, it's actually much more complicated than it first seems, and Sara is not able to implement it in time. So that tells me this is this is complicated.
1: Yeah, and uh, it shouldn't go into one.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, she's actually taken the decision that it's not going into 7.1. I didn't. I said to her, can I have tell ETA on the patch? And she said, it's, um, the implementation didn't come out the way I wanted it to, so I'm delaying it. And I said, good call. Um, yeah, I think it's too hard to say what should and shouldn't have a patch along the lines of the complexity of the thing. So we should just say everything needs a patch, no matter how simple um, because it in- covers, it covers all the complicated stuff and stuff that we think is simple but, but might actually turn out to be complicated. So that people will give you different answers. There's no there's no like hard and fast rule.
1: So yeah, that and that then obviously not having a, actually a strict rule then provides this flexibility of getting into these problems. Well all
0: it says on the guidelines is um that you won't have much chance of being accepted without a patch. That doesn't actually say you have to provide a patch. I might I might I might see if we can get that change because mm. it's just not realistic anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, yeah, seeing what people would say, because I don't really know what people have got an argument for, you know. I mean, yeah, it, it, you should be discussing an implementation that is up to scratch that actually worked, and the actual proposed idea, not one or the other. Like, it's
0: something so complicated that there are several decisions we need to make before a patch
1: can be even thought of. But, but you if- know that the idea is good enough to warrant... Yeah, time and then investment. do voting. Yeah.
0: Then do voting on those things first and then present an implementation when you've got your implementation. But, um, people don't, um, people think it's some kind of freedom to vote without a patch. They think it uh, should be allowed so that anyone can come along and just suggest this thing. And that's really admirable, but it doesn't actually work.
1: Uh, there's actually two other patches uh two other rfc sorry that would be really interested to talk to you about um and one of them's been around for a while actually but i i really like the idea and and it comes from the java world and things and it's the idea of being comparable oh yeah and i'm just wondering like what your thoughts are of that
0: i mean that hasn't only been around for months i mean that has been around years years. (laughs) well my thoughts on it are that i mean we should have something like that
1: because it, uh, it, it, it just helps so much, with especially with domain logic, you know, being able to say something, you know, comparing something and encapsulating that comparable, you know, how you compare it. Yeah,
0: it, it's a core thing, but it's not as simple as it seems. What do you mean by compare? In a dynamic language, compare equal doesn't mean anything. Because you can have a string and an int that are the same in a dynamic language, but they're not
1: the same. And you can't... Um, I suppose with the coalescing and things like that. Yeah. Um, I suppose, but, but in, in, a, in the concept of like a class-based system where you have the idea of, say, a user or, you know, a certain, you know, abstract concept, and you want to be able to compare that, and it provides, uh, you know, a quality method that allows you to pro- provide in the, the subject. And based on that subject, you're able then to work out where it actually stands. Well, what if it's a different type? You can I mean you could in theory then type in on that, but if it is a different type then you just have to throw and say get out of well.
0: But what if it's got exactly the same property table? It's not as it's um, the simple case is comparing scalars to objects. Like if you want your object like say you've got um, some abstract number um, and you wanna com- you wanna compare that's a good that's a good case. That's easy. But the complex case is in comparing objects, even though that seems where it's most useful, that's the complex thing because equality doesn't mean anything. So I've got two value objects, and they've got exactly the same table. If I use a comparison operator, they will be equal. If I use compare, what do I mean? With operators, we've got two equality operators. One of them checks the type, and the other one doesn't. So it's not as simple as it seems. Maybe you need more than one... Maybe the interface needs more than one method. That's it.
1: I mean, because because looking actually at the Java or util interface, the comparator interface, so it has two methods: as a compare and an equality. So equals is you know you pass it an object, yeah. and it returns a boolean true or false. Yeah, that, I think
0: that's uh, that's that's what I'm thinking. You need uh, you need um, compare. That's exactly because it
1: gives you the ability to say, well, no, it's not the same, or it yeah. is the same, and that's it. Be on Endel. the comparator the compare one you pass in two of object t so you are actually specifying a type and then that throws either a class cast exception if the arguments type prevents from being compared so that is what would happen so if it could yeah. if, if you tried to cast them to the same object type you would then throw there yeah but equals one equals what a quality quality <laughs> is quite a nice one actually a but then as you say which operator would you use you need both of them yeah
0: so that you can you can be explicit I'm not sure. It's, it's a difficult problem to solve and that's why it isn't solved. I mean, what's the date on it? 2010. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big problem.
1: Um, the, the last one, actually, I'd really like to talk to you about is the attributes one and you kind of touched upon it a bit at the beginning. So I'm just wondering like, what your thoughts are on that and actually what actually is the idea of having attributes?
0: Oh, well, they're annotations but they're not in dot .comments but annotations in PHP. When you say that, people think of dot .comments but they're not in dot .comments. They're in code. And they start with a... Uh, Two shift lefts and um, end with two right angle brackets. And you've got, um, you can have a name and then an expression. It looks like a function call. So um, the name is the name of the function and the expression is the argument. So it looks like that. I hate having to explain coding words. I'm really bad at it.
1: Well, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're you're so used to just seeing it and seeing examples.
0: Now, the annotations are not passed to code, they're not compiled to code, sorry. They're only passed into um, abstract syntax, and then you can fetch the attributes. So you can have them on like um, the same levels as you can have dot blocks, so function, class, file. And then you can fetch them using reflection. You can only fetch the abstract syntax with reflection. Then you need some other engine um, in userland or extension to process the abstract syntax and make uh. Um, so, so,
1: what is the actual win of this? Because it seems like just metadata attached uh, yeah, to it, things.
0: It is, but it, um, it seems like it's not a win because we've already got annotations in docblocks, but they don't actually use the PHP parser. They've got like their own language. So, the main idea Dimitri says is so that PHP can be used as the language for the metadata. But how the metadata is executed or processed is not down to Zend, which I think is quite clever Um it's quite a good idea. But there is a danger that we'll end up with like Zend annotations and Doctrine annotations. and But there's already that today. And it's like, well, who cares? Um, there's already that today.
1: I mean, is this code, this is actually, uh, is this verified and checked at co- at comp- interpretation time, like at compile yeah. time? Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, a, I mean, it's not that whole idea of code, comments as code or code, sorry, as comments. It is going to be valid syntax. It has to be it valid, is valid syntax. syntax. Yeah.
0: But, but that doesn't mean that it's valid code. Yeah. It only means that it's valid abstract syntax. But that gives you some flexibility because it means, um, I mean, people are going to really hate this, but there's a little bit of a discussion on, about, um, about the way some project would use it. And in their, in their annotations that they've got in dot blocks, they've used, um, the at symbol to mean some special thing. Right. And, you can still do that because you, you've yeah. got abstracts. Then
1: again, as you say like that, people don't that's, like that, thinking that because it's like, well, that's yeah. just that one specific use case. It is really horrid, yeah. It's really I hard. mean, it's interesting you say like, I mean, it's interesting it's like the design by contract, very Eiffel-like, where it's like, you know, I have a return type, you know, pre, really you know, pre and that. post. Uh, you like that? or?
0: Now, I, no, I really like that for me and where I work. Yep. Now, if I go on packages and uh, everything's got that, I hate that. <laughs> um, But... What I want from components and what I want from teams I have to work with are totally different. When applications get to a certain size, and there is no GitHub repository that's this size, but when proper applications get to a certain size, it starts to become advantageous to have designed a contract because it's a way of kind of disseminating information through the teams and it establishes this, like, everyone's got the standard where you should write dot blocks, you should have comments but they just get forgotten about and they get out of date and they don't mean anything. Yeah,
1: th- this is code that gets run and if it's out of yeah. date it doesn't work. And, and to you, can, date, you can actually yeah. use it like at
0: runtime and th- th- this doesn't make sense if you're just talking about a thing on GitHub but uh, if you're talking about millions and millions of lines of code and hundreds and hundreds of programmers anything you can do to kind of push everyone in the same direction and
1: it also it informs you of the behavior of that as well as anything because like an interface tells you it defines you know it's actually that it, it abides by the contract of oh yeah I, I get this type and I return this type but it doesn't tell you exactly what happens or what I expect the actual type you know to be what value how, how can it yeah, be it it or return of it like you know like again it's the example of like a stack well you can have a pop and a push you know whatever and everything but you do expect certain characteristics to be you know ab- about that and this yeah. allows you to look into, the, into a function or a call and okay this is exactly how it's meant to be used or should be be, you know used
0: yeah and um, also uh, invariants are also extremely extremely very useful because there's no other way to do that nicely if you want to keep checking the state of your class you can write it as business logic of the class but is it business logic of the class don't you then have every method having more than one responsibility well yeah
1: because you're having the guards i mean this is the the annoying thing is people are very some people are very safe like what they'll do is they'll have a method they'll come in straight away and they'll guard to make sure everything in that method is safe and then at the end they will have to do the same thing of guard asserting that everything that i expected you know it to be returned and as you say like the single responsibility is is it that job of that class you know the action action inside of that is the job of that class but something wrapping it should really protect in that
0: i would i I would some people say that Single responsibility only applies to classes or objects, but I don't. No, uh, I don't think that creates very nice code, um, and I'm pretty sure by the letter of the by by the actual definition of the, the term, it does mean functions yeah
1: it's essentially it's a unit of thing is a single responsibility you know you can you can look at it whether you can look at a macro or micro level
0: yeah a a function is a unit and it should have a single responsibility and if you've got guards on the entry and guards on the exit and guards in between other statements then that isn't a single responsibility and there's no escaping that and it is difficult to people won't write code like that they don't want to um because it's difficult to think about for them. Well,
1: it's, 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 it's muddling the space as well, isn't it, as you say, because it's doing multiple things. Like, if I have to see a, a function that has these pre- and post-conditions in the actual code, it gets very confusing. You're like, well, hang on, where's actually the logic going on here? Oh, it's the bit in the middle.
0: Uh, even if you accept that you're going to have to put guards in your code, what about if you inherit a class? How are you going to inherit the guards from another method that you're not executing yep. that are supposed to be verifying the state of a property? You can't do that. It's impossible. So, there are huge, huge benefits to design my contract, but only in the right situation. If I, like I said, if I went on GitHub, I'd really hate that if every component I downloaded was littered with contracts um
1: well i think and it, as you say i think it's the difference between a a, a library and an actual business application code because a yeah. library should be a bit more agnostic a bit more generic as opposed yeah. to what you've got in business code is this is no this is what actually this is logic this is actually vital domain logic
0: yeah and the things you want from your components are totally different from the things you want i mean you want the same things but you don't get them it's a matter of fact so Yeah, I I think it's got huge benefits. So, do
1: you feel this is going to? I mean, in its current form, kind of go through, or do you feel that? Looking at
0: what are you looking at?
1: I'm looking at the attributes uh, RFC. Oh, the
0: attributes. Well, I mean, it doesn't actually implement design by contract.
1: It it just discusses that this is actually a form that could, yeah, be 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 used. Um, But I did
0: actually do a a proof of concept um, RFC. I mean, uh, not RFC uh, extension.
1: Oh wow! Awesome. Uh,
0: Based on uh no, but based on um, the attributes patch and a and the patch send. And it's really nice. I mean, there's no dealing with opcodes in the extension. I mean, there's no dealing with opcodes. Just traverse some AST, stick some new nodes in. You've done it. That's it. It's compiled normally, cached normally, everything's normal. Uh, and you can turn that off in, in production completely. So there's absolutely no impact after the first, um, request. I, I, I like the attributes RFC. I think it's a good approach because all the tools will be, it's down to everyone else. It kind of, it's, it's more powerful that way. Absolutely. If we just, um, said, oh, well, we're going to have attributes and they're going to do this and we're going it would be so slow to get a feature, like to get like design by contract. It would be so slow. Whereas the day after they merge attributes, I can write design by contract. Yeah. <laughs> need and that's extremely appealing.
1: Yeah, th- this is dealing with a lot of use cases and helping a lot of different things, isn't it? Yeah, but, and then we don't have
0: to keep going back to Zen. But um, I think the attributes is only a start. Um, what we that the patch I it was only simple, but what I did was only just make a like a transformer app for the AST because there isn't that in Zen at the moment. If you want to do something to AST, you have to do something to whole files. That's really awkward and really slow. So. Uh, I think what we want is like a mixture of attributes and like a, a hookable like compiler, and then we'll be able to have really, really powerful stuff. Like, not in, well, in New Zealand, I mean, it'll be slow, but you could do it in New Zealand. It means we don't have to keep going back to Zend and saying, can we have this feature? And,
1: yeah, that'd be really powerful. Yeah,
0: so I hope that, I hope attributes gets in, but I, I hope it's not, um, people already use annotations in, like, dot blocks of annotations, and, um, so I I can't maybe it won't get any worse than it is now because we've already got annotations now and people say, you know, if we introduce something it's just gonna be used the same way as it is now. Like the union types, people type people put union types in their dot blocks now, and, and the argument is that it won't be any worse than that, and then someone posted a, a a file that had this horrible horrible thing in it with like fourteen different types or whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe it won't get any worse than it is now with annotations. We do already annotate code, and it's just it's just a way of using PHP to do the um, as the actual language uh, for for the meter programming rather than rather than having to invent a new language for every project. I mean, you still have to have like a, a new processor f- for every project, or maybe they'll share some common ones. But um, I think that's better than trying to get all this stuff into Zend.
1: No, absolutely. I actually think
0: I don't actually think annotations would ever get into Zend. Mm. I just don't think they would. They, um, we've gone so long now without them that it's like, well, do you yeah, really? Need
1: them? Yeah, do you really need them?
0: Um, if we can, if we can do them better, and, and you know, we can make we can make them better, then without complicating Zen, then yeah. But um, I don't think we're going to because what annotations are in in that in that sense? It, it, they are like coding comments and we're not going to introduce support for that because
1: it will be code in comments. It's and an anti-pattern. It's com- yeah, yeah. It, absolutely.
0: But meter programming is a different thing, I think. Yep. If we introduce support for it, we've got to keep referencing the code. And, you know, we're in a, um, we enter a function, and we've got to look at annotations, and that's really weird. I don't think we'll ever do that.
1: Yeah, and it's really volatile as well, isn't it? I mean, it's not that safe.
0: But what, Well, what you can do is
1: make it easy for
0: extensions to do that, and that's probably the right route. So I, I hope it goes in in the form it's in at the moment. If it doesn't and it gets it gets refused, what will probably happen is people will come back and say, oh, we needed annotations, RFC. And we need we needed all the stuff that's yeah. in the samples. there. And they'll be like, we need it because we didn't get it from that.
1: Oh, well, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. And, and Joe, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been really interesting, as always, talking about all these different things. And yeah, I hope, uh, hope things get a little less stressful. So h- how long until the 7-1 release? Well, oh, sorry, no, sorry, first alpha. First alpha. Let's, let, let Is it a week week away? A
0: month. It should be a month
1: tomorrow. Awesome. All right, then, Matt. Well, I, I will, I'm will. i sure we'll talk before uh, it gets released and stuff, but, yeah, we'll get in touch with all of the uh, the goings on. But, yeah, cool. th- thanks again, Joe, for coming on, and uh, audience, we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com. Or
0: follow us on Twitter at the number three, devs and a maybe.